This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Well, hello and welcome into New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. We're joined, as always, by Ted Alatsis over at the Alatsis Law Firm in Brooklyn, New York. And today we're going to answer your questions from the mailbag. I got some good follow-up questions from our last episode that we talked quite a bit about taxes and the different kind of categories of taxes that you need to consider when you're going through your estate plan. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. And I think some really good information there, including a really good little anecdote about George Steinbrenner for Yankees fans as well. So I enjoyed that for sure. Ted, welcome in. How are you, How are you today? Doing great, Ben. Um, I hope you're doing well. I am indeed. I am indeed. And I look forward to today's conversation. I always like to hear what people are curious about and asking about following up on an episode. But I want to lead off uh, with our legalese of the day. We've been doing this for a few episodes and just kind of really just kind of highlighting a word that uh, might come up during your process of estate planning with with an attorney. And today's one that uh, I think most people are probably familiar with, but always good to add a little clarity. And that's capital gain. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Capital gain is is one of those things that um, you know people ask about all the time, and um, essentially, uh, capital gain is is the profit you you realize um, when you sell an asset that's essentially an investment. So you realize a profit when you actually make a sale, when you actually do a transaction uh, for money. So, for example, I think probably the best way to describe it is with an example. Let's say you you own a home, right? Uh, a two-family house, let's say, and and uh, you bought it for uh, about three hundred thousand dollars, and uh, now it's worth a uh, million, and you go to sell it. Okay, that's seven hundred thousand dollars between the sale, the, the purchase price, and the sale price. That's the capital gain. Okay, um, and capital gains tax um, is the tax that's assessed against that that realized profit. I know. I know a lot of people get upset about capital gains, and I know we've seen a lot of conversation. It can be political and a lot of conversation about higher capital gains taxes or when to apply capital gains taxes, I think mm-hmm. in some sense on that. But we, I know we covered it a little bit in our last episode uh, on taxes. So make sure you go back and listen to that one. But it's always the bottom line. I think it's always good. To, if you're, if you're paying capital gains taxes, it's, it's not a bad thing because it means, it means you made some money. <laughs> that That's exactly right. Although, you know, certainly um, sometimes uh, because, because it's such a high percentage, it's one of those things that uh, really uh, really annoys someone who has to pay it. <laughs> yep. There's no question about that. It definitely cuts into the profit that you made, but ultimately you still came out ahead. So Absolutely. capital gain, that's our legalese of the day. All right. Let's move into our mailbag and uh, got a few questions that came in to the show. And we'll start off uh, with one from Eric. He says, my parents are very wealthy. When they die, will I be taxed on what I inherit and what do I need to watch out for? Eric, that's a that's a great question, and um, you know it's all going to depend on a, on a lot of different things, right? So first of all, when you say very wealthy, it's going to depend on how wealthy. Um, so that's number one. Um, secondly, it's going to depend on the number and the value of the assets and the type of assets that we're talking about. Um, and then third, you know we're, we're going to be talking about um, you know what uh, who who the beneficiaries are because all of that's going to going to factor in. You know there are you know circumstances where if it's your parents together, okay, um, and they die together, then together they can give away as part of their estate a little over twenty-four million dollars um, without 
there being any form of, of death or estate tax. Um, if one parent were to pass away first, then depending on how their estate was structured and it were to go to the other parent or a good portion of it would go to the other parent, then whatever portion that would go to the, the, uh, their spouse would not be taxable. And so depending on whether the remainder is under that $12 million, then you know, that's going to determine whether the state taxes are due for example. So there are lots of different questions that need to be answered before um, a definitive answer can, can be given to you, Eric. But um, you know the circumstances are going to determine a lot of the, the, the answers to those questions. If Eric's parents were clients of yours, Ted, um, would you, do you try to get the children involved at all in the process? And just in terms of having them looped in on kind of what to expect, you know, maybe things they can be doing to get prepared, kind of basically answering a couple of these questions earlier on in the process. So uh, it's going to start really with their parents first, because if the parents are, the, are my clients, then you know, that, the conversation has to start with them, right? So, so they have to understand, you know, that there are potential consequences to their children. And so planning things accordingly um, is an important part of this, right? So, so I would certainly recommend when I counsel the parents to um, include the children in these discussions for sure. And uh, an honest understanding of what the overall goal of whatever planning um, that's going to take place um, is, because you know there there may be circumstances where we may want to skip a generation with some things, um, you know, just to defer some of those taxes or to avoid some of those taxes, and so. You know, their cooperation, their understanding would be an important part of that. So, um, yeah, I, I would I would think of, you know, having them involved in the process is a great idea. Um, but it really starts with the parents and making sure that they understand that, that that makes a lot of sense. All right. Very good, Eric. Thank you for that question. We do appreciate it. Begin follow up with an attorney to really go through and, and go through the specifics of that situation and, and help you out a little bit more. Again, you can always get in touch with Ted, alatsislawfirm.com. All right, Julia is next here on our mailbag. Says I have Apple stock that I bought a long time ago. Congratulations on that. Pretty in pretty good shape. Stock price is much higher now. My investment advisor told me I would have a huge capital gains tax if I sold it. What can I do to make sure my children pay as little tax as possible? Julia, that's a great question. And as an Apple stockholder myself, um, I, I, I'm very happy to hear that you're you're a, an owner of Apple stock. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jim Cramer on uh, CNBC, and uh, you know his mantra is you you own Apple stock, you don't trade it. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell it even if you had a huge gain like you like you like you're saying. But that's a that's a whole other conversation. Um, with regards to what to do though for for your children, I mean certainly. You know, uh, one of the one of the great advantages of uh, holding on to an asset like stock or other investment assets, and then making sure it goes to your your beneficiaries when you're gone, is that they receive something called a step up in basis. And what that essentially means is that they get the fair market value um, of the asset upon your death. So they would not be required to pay any capital gains tax on those assets. Um, and so there's a huge benefit to holding it on, holding on to it and, you know, putting, putting the asset as part of your estate and, and making sure it goes to your beneficiaries. Um, I certainly would recommend probably doing some sort of trust of some kind, certainly. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, if you could, if you can hold out and hold on to it, 
um, then that would be by far the the best outcome for your children. I'm guessing this is a, a price a scenario that you come across quite a bit, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a- absolutely. Especially if if someone's been investing for a long time or has been, you know, it, you know, doing, you know, buy uh, ha- having has a buy and hold strategy with regards to their their uh, stock portfolio or something of that nature, you know, for sure. Yeah, ab- absolutely. All right. Thank you for that question, Julia. We do appreciate you sending it in. Final question today comes in from Pax, who says, I have a very high net worth and my estate will most likely be subject to tax when I die. Is there anything I can do to avoid that apart from spending my money or losing money in the stock market? <laughs> well, Pax, that's a that's a great question. So it's going to depend a lot on how much is in the estate. OK, and there are there are planning tools that um, that can be used to uh, defer some of those taxes. There are other tools that you can use to kind of fund um, the payment of those taxes by kind of calculating um, how much uh, or estimating how much those taxes would be and funding those taxes with uh, an insurance policy, for example, um, some sort of trust where where those funds would be available for that purpose. Um, and then there would be other other things that um, that we could use as, as tools to try to avoid some of those taxes. Um, and that would certainly involve using your estate goals as well as having a real understanding of ultimate your ultimate desires with where you want your estate to go. And sometimes you you may want to skip a generation or you know do do some other creative planning to try to avoid some of those taxes. It's also going to depend you know on on your marital status um, as well uh, because that's another tool that can be used. Um, in terms of, of planning your estate and and avoiding some of those taxes. So, you know, all, all of those things that um, that I just mentioned are are part of any kind of plan that um, would be implemented in, ter- in terms of trying to figure out how to avoid some of those taxes. All right. Very good. Thank you for that question, Pax. Julia and Eric today, we do appreciate you. And uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast. If you have questions for us, you can send it in. Alatsislawfirm.com. That is the website. There's some other great resources there as well. So while you're there, if you're there to schedule a meeting, uh, go ahead and, and look around a little bit. You'll find some things that can benefit you and help educate you more when it comes to estate planning. But if you have questions, always feel free to call as well. 718-233-2903 is the number for Alatsis Law Firm. All right, Ted, as always, great to talk with you once again. And I know for anyone looking to to get around taxes or at least try to save as much of their money as possible, always encourage them to work with an estate planning attorney to do so. Ben, thanks for uh, talking, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next month. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program for Ted Alatis. I'm Ben George. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.